ignite your passion for God and for His work. Listen to Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo, the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Oyibi Cathedral. He comes your way on this podcast with the creative force of God's Word. Bishop Ogo also pastors the Flaming Fire Service, a vibrant youth service with energetic young people who are ablaze for the Lord. He is also the evangelist of the Greater Love Gospel Crusade, a unique outreach program that ministers the soul-saving love of Jesus Christ to a hurting world through music, dance, and the life-giving Word of God. Now, listen to Bishop Edwin Ugo.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Let's bless the Lord for Mary's life. Beautiful song. Beautiful song. What a blessing. What a sweet atmosphere. And what an opportune time to hear the word of God today. I want to thank God for all those who are joining this service for the first time tonight. That God has led you to a very good place. Yes, at this time, I can't think of a better place on the internet to be than on this Makane Church International page. Because the word coming to you is a word from God to change your life, to make your life better, and to bring you closer to Him. And uh, tonight I'm continuing to share with you on backsliding. Backsliding. And uh, we have learned so much. And I'm very happy also that many thousands, tens of thousands, literally, I mean it, tens of thousands are downloading the series on my podcast, Edwin Morgan Ogo Podcast. And uh, all over the world, I believe that people are enjoying the series I've done over the past few weeks on backsliding. And uh, I want to encourage you and recommend it highly to you as a believer to listen. Listen to each message in the series. Listen and listen again because I'm bringing the series to an end very soon. Maybe the next two or so um, services. But I want to bless God for the life of our father and our prophet, Bishop Dagwood Mills, for writing this book. Every believer ought to be a specialist in this matter. Yes, backsliding should be a very, very important subject to you. Because it is, it is a phenomenon which doesn't make sense. You know, and one of the things that happens to you when Satan takes over your life is that you do things that do not make sense. You know, that somebody will have fresh water on the left and polluted, dirty brown water on the right and choose to drink the dirty brown water especially after enjoying fresh water. You, you've enjoyed fresh water, nice water, chilled, and then suddenly we find you drinking gutter water. Doesn't make sense. That is what backsliding is. And at the beginning of the series, I taught extensively on what backsliding is like. You know, when you backslide, you are like someone who, like, like a woman who forgets her pearls. You know, a woman who doesn't wear earrings. Because being with God is, 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 is something that beautifies your life. You know, God beautifies the meek. Zechariah says, he shall beautify the meek with salvation. The meek 
are beautified with salvation. When you get to know God, your life becomes nice. One songwriter said, you made my life so beautiful. You make my life so beautiful. You know, so, so, so God is like the ornament, the necklace, the earrings, and, uh, you know, everything that, that enhances your appearance. Without him, without God, a girl looks like a boy. Yeah, because a girl is actually a boy. A boy is actually a girl. I don't want to go into the anatomical differences. But you will know when, when a beautiful girl with nice hair, long hair, cuts her hair, you will see that this boy, oh, I said this boy, she has become a boy. It's a boy. It's a boy. This girl looks exactly like a young brother or her father. There are many girls who look like their fathers. The difference between you and your father is the wig or the hair, you know, the, 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 the ornaments. And Jeremiah says that when you backslide, you are like somebody who has forgotten her ornaments. It gets even worse when Jeremiah describes backsliding as a bride who forgets her wedding dress. Saturday afternoon, we have worn our suits, our nicest dresses. We've come to your wedding waiting for you. And suddenly, pa, 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 you appear in a Chelsea jersey. Manchester United jersey for your wedding. It's not good. You know, and, and that is exactly what happens. When you put God aside... You actually put exactly what you needed at that time to be great, to be, to be beautiful. So no one who experiences God is expected to go back. When you, when you experience God, you cannot go back. When you experience the power of prayer, you can't drop in your prayer life. Oh yes. When you experience the power of the word of God, you cannot drop in your quiet time unless you did not enjoy it. Unless you've not tasted of it. Like, like, like Hebrews says that it is, it, is, it is difficult for those who have tasted of the living word. Yes. Who have tasted of the ministration of angels. If they fall back, it's difficult to win them back. To, tonight, I came to tell you that you have no justification to, to backslide. And each time I'm preaching this message, I like to go back to the definition of backsliding. That backsliding is a drop in your spiritual commitment. A drop in your commitment to spiritual things. A little drop, a subtle drop in your commitment to your prayer life. A subtle drop in your commitment to, to, to the word of God. A subtle drop in your commitment to the work of God constitutes backsliding. You do not need to stop church to backslide. You do not need to leave the church and, and, and become an unbeliever in town. That is called end stage end stage. And I've said already that about 80% of the process of backsliding occurs in the church. That is why today, I'm coming to you with more symptoms. 
Oh, yes, more symptoms because, see, I want you to understand that if certain things are happening to you, it's a a sign that your love for God is going down. There are many people, things happen to them, and, and they can't discern. They can't discern. Even medically, somebody may, may have a symptom and not, and not think much of it. A certain rash on your body. You, you tell, oh, it's, just, it's just a mosquito bite. But, but when you see a doctor and he asks you to turn and he sees a certain pattern of rashes on your back, a particular pattern, like a fair tree on your back, it's a sign that something very, very bad is happening to you. Some of you, when you are getting jaundice, you think it's an anointing. Like your eyes are, 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 are on fire. But a doctor will know that there's a problem with your hepatobiliary system. Ladies and gentlemen, may you be an expert in picking symptoms that you yourself are backsliding. Yeah. You see it in yourself first. And then you also see it in the people around you. You know, Job 23 verse 11 says, My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. My foot has held his steps. That is, my foot has stayed on the place on the course, on the track where God walks, his steps. Where God steps is where my feet also step. His way have I kept and not declined. Verse 12. Look at what is happening right there in verse 12. It says, And neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. I still love the word of God. I still love to have my quiet time. I still love to listen to messages. He said, I have esteemed these are the words of Job. He said, the word of God is still very important to me. Worms are eating up my flesh. I've lost all my money. My children have died. My houses are bent down. My farms are destroyed. But I've esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. How many believers can say this today? Many of you watching and a part of this service haven't had your quiet time today. Shame on you. That's why you need to know. I'm going to take you through symptoms so that when you see it in you and in others, it will occur to you that something bad is happening to you. Something bad is happening to you. That some types of pain, they are not just pain. I mean, it's a sign of something very, very, very bad. One of the things we, we learned in medical school was types of pain. And, 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 and how pain radiates. I mean, pain starts from somewhere and moves to another area. What does it mean? When you, I mean, what does it mean? When you have pain at the tip of your shoulder, 
at the tip of your shoulder. Does it mean you are anointed? Is it, a, is it a sign of the anointing? The burden of the Lord? Pain at the tip of your shoulder. What does it mean? <laughs> if you don't know, you will die. If you cannot tell symptoms and signs, you will die. Yes. And, and, and Job said, I've not gone back. I've not backslidden from the commandments of his lips. Some of us used to obey Certain things in the word of God. Now, you don't obey them anymore. You, you, you have been able to sin persistently till now. You've given up on that one. That one is not an important subject in the word of God. But, but, but Job said, I've not gone back from the commandment of his lips. That what God said to me 10 years ago about soul winning that I was doing, I'm rich now. I have five children, I've got six cars, I've got two companies, I've not gone back from the words and the commandments of his lips. Today, we are going into more symptoms. Yes, and, I, and I've shared many symptoms, I need you to go back and listen. Symptoms of bad company, looking backwards, forgetfulness. Allowing the cares of the world to choke the word of God. The lusts of the world. Hey, that was, that was a good one. The lusts of the world. Yes, a poor quality conscience. A poor quality conscience. Your conscience is, is weak. You need a conscience. Listen, go to the podcast. Edwin Morgan Ogo podcast. And listen to it. It's going to be a great, great blessing to you. Hallelujah. Today, we are going into more symptoms. More symptoms. And as you listen, and, and as the Lord speaks to you, I want you to understand that God is trying to draw you away from an evil that wants to extract you from his presence. I want everyone understand. Just, just lift your hands and thank God for your salvation. Thank him for your life. Hey, Balola. Thank him. Thank him for your salvation. Ye Badusa. Hey. Ma Katabosha. Yes. Thank him. He saved you. He saved me. Thank him for his blessings. That because of church, many evils have, 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 have been kept at bay. Because of your salvation, what has destroyed others hasn't destroyed you. A thousand fell at your right, ten thousand at your right side. It did not come near you. Mondiri masa, shaka, madaboba, leninima, aradoza, andelabo, le mamada, le mamosha, la mamande, sandalaba. Pray, 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 pray and thank God. Pray and thank God. Zinimo sata. Thank you, Father. We thank you. Shemandosa. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. I gave my life to Christ 37 years ago. Oh, I can tell you that if I had not been saved at that time, I don't think I'll be alive. I don't think. But for my salvation, I don't think I'll be alive. 
If I were still alive, I wouldn't be what you are seeing. This one you are seeing is God. Yes, it is called God. Yes. That's why we must learn to even prefix our names with his grace. His grace, Edwin Morgan Ogo. His grace, Ifia Sewa. His grace, Linda Osei Wiafi. Yes. His grace. Because people don't know how you were before, before. Long since. I said before, before. The way you were. Yes, that's why we sing that song. If it had not been for the Lord on our side, tell me where would I be? If it, if it had not been for God, who saved us? That is why salvation must be very important. Your salvation is not something you should readily drop for a job. You just drop your salvation to get, to get a job. You, you begin to sleep with somebody so that you can get a job. You just destroy your faith. No, 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 no. Salvation is not something you destroy to get a visa to America. No. It doesn't make sense. Your work with God must be the most important thing. And after this series, ha, there's a blockbuster series coming your way. I, I, I want to take my time to unveil it. But God is going to come your way powerfully. In these arise services, you are going to see amazing and hear amazing things from God. God will change your life. God will bless your life. And God will bring you to a place of beauty. Beauty and His grace. Today, we are dealing with more symptoms. And the next symptom, that is a sign that somebody is backsliding. It's, it's, a, it's a pointer to a reduction in spirituality. You may, it, it may even sound the opposite. But I'm going to teach you. Yes. It is called the symptom of foolish questioning. Yes. Foolish questioning. Note it. Watch out for people who ask foolish questions. Not all questions are a sign of a search for God. Certain questions people ask are a sign of, 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 of a bankruptcy of spirits. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse number 23. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse number 23. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid Karumazandalababa, knowing that they do gender strives. That is, they lead to arguments. You should know that this question this guy is asking is only going to lead to an argument. That he's not asking because he wants to know God, he wants to know the word of God. He, he, he actually is in doubt of what is going on. That is the, 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 the question is a sign of his disapproval of something going on. Foolish and unlearned questions. Avoid. See, you, you may think that rather when somebody asks certain questions, the person wants to know God, wants to be spiritual, wants to be close to God, wants to understand the word of God. But not everybody who asks questions in the, in, in the Bible wanted to know the word of God at all. 
at all. When you meet someone, somebody who will ask you a question, who, uh, who made God? Who made God? That you two, you will sit down and you start, you start explaining from, from what? <laughs> From what? When the Bible, the, the Bible we are using to understand God, it starts, Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 says that, in the beginning, God. So, so we all know that God was in the beginning. So where he came from before the beginning, it's a foolish question. That's why we call it a faith. It is a faith. It's a Christian faith. It's a faith. You just believe. I said, you just believe. Because in your life, there are many things you are using by just believing. You don't understand how a mobile phone works. You don't understand how the internet works. You don't understand how a computer works. But you just believe it. Just believe it. If we were to understand the things we are using before we use them, companies will collapse. Because how many people are intelligent enough to understand how a mobile phone works. How, how come I'm standing somewhere in Ghana and you are looking at me in America on a screen? When we begin to go into it, you may even go mad. It's not every question that is a sign of spirituality. Somebody says, I, I will come to church if you explain to me who, who, whose wife Cain was. Who did Cain marry? If Adam and Eve gave birth to Abel and Cain, so where is the girl? The, the, the woman Cain married to have children. The person is not just interested in knowing God. I, I'm, I'm telling you, when you meet people like this in the church, the person has come to church for a long time and then begins to ask certain questions. Foolish questions. Foolish questions. Say foolish questions. Foolish questions. Yes. There, there are many questions people asked. And Jesus answered them. He gave them answers. Who sinned? Who did this? How can I be saved? But not everybody. There was a time people came to him with a woman caught in adultery. And they asked Jesus, what do we do with this woman? They said, we, we caught her in the very act. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means, but something. I don't know what that she was singing. Or, but in the very act. He didn't mind them. The Bible said that Jesus Christ stooped and began to write in the, in, 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 on the ground. It's not everybody you mind. Not everybody wants to know God. Not everybody wants to know God. Somebody will, will ask, oh, but, but your pastor, why does he, why does he drive this car? Foolish questions. Why, why are your church services held like this? Why do you have long church services? Why do you speak in tongues? Why is it that everybody says, The person is act- some questions are actually a que- questions of mockery. Mockery. And you must note it. And you must avoid them. So, you see, the. There are, there are questions which are legitimate. How can I be saved? Christ was asked. 
how can I be saved? He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But when, when people begin to ask about a, 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 a Cain's wife, so Jesus and God, are they the same? How come Jesus, if they are the same, why did he pray and say, Father, as I see the Father, if it's the same as, I mean, all kinds of, and, and you, a believer, you, you will sit the person down. Meanwhile, you, have, you yourself, you have not had your quiet time. And, and you are talking from magazines and, and, and your imaginations. I'm preaching. I'm, I'm talking about signs and symptoms of backsliding backsliding you find somebody who was in church or who is still in church a nice shepherd a brother who was very zealous some time ago now when you call him to church he doesn't come and he's rather asking you questions should we go to church only to meet god is church the only place you go to meet god say foolish questions should we pray to God. Why should you, why should you wake me up at 3.30 to pray? When the Bible says that even before, before I prayed, he has, he has heard, he has heard it. And before we prayed, before we asked, he has already answered. So um, I, I, I won't pray because before the prayer, God has already answered my prayer. So, so, so why should I pray? Say foolish questions. People like this are not interested in God. It's not that he wants to have some information that will help him to draw closer to God. He just is an unspiritual person. And the Bible says, you should know. Look at that verse again. 2 Timothy 2, 23. Knowing that they do gender strives, you should know. You should know that certain questions just lead to strife. I have been in the church for three years. Why is it that all the soloists are girls, are ladies? What's the reason? Why we don't have male soloists in the church? Why, why are all the ashes men? Why are all the ashes ladies? You see that this person could have asked many other important spiritual questions. But the person just wants to create an argument. So when you give an answer and the person will give a rebuttal and then back forth, back and forth, like table tennis. And then the person who is answering such questions unknowingly is wasting his time, his energy. By the time you finish, you are worn out. You are tired. You are drained. And the next soul is waiting for you. Who rather would have received everything you are saying and followed. My dear friend, when you see us following God, it's not because we understand everything. But we believe. I said we believe. We just believe. It's called faith. It's just called faith. There are many things the Bible asks us to, to seek understanding. But it is not everything you understand. Even God's ways. His ways. The Bible describes His ways as past finding out. Yes. His ways. The ways of God. The Bible says that they are see, past finding out. That is, they are beyond investigation. They are beyond interrogation. Anybody who starts and begins to say, oh, I want to understand God's ways. I want to know how God works. I want to know this and that. These ways are past. Finding out. 
I, I, I want you to know. Turn your Bibles. Job chapter 9. Verse 10. Who doeth great things? Past finding out. Who doeth great things? The things God does, they are past. They are beyond human interrogation. They are beyond human inquiry. Yea, and wonders without number. When you come to God, you just must accept some things as wonders. How was the Red Sea parted? Which wind? Is it Euroclidon? Or Anticlidon? And you also sit down and, 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 and begin to explain. And by the time you finish, you, you, you are actually telling lies. That there was an earthquake at the uh, bottom of the sea which shook the water and one parted here and one parted here. We don't know. We know that the Bible said that and the sea parted. The sea parted. The sea parted. Romans chapter 1. Chapter 11, sorry. Romans 11.33. Oh, the depth of the riches. Both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments. Say unsearchable. That when God makes a judgment on something, when God decides that he, he, he is judging somebody and he is, he, he, he is taking somebody along a certain path, you can't search. You can't search for the, for the, for the, for the understanding or the meaning of why God decides to to, 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 to lift somebody and to bring somebody down. He says, God is the judge. He lifts a person. If you want to understand why someone like me is a priest and is a pastor, you are, you, you, you are wasting your time. I said, you are wasting your time. You just have to believe that God is using me to speak to you. The wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgment and his ways past finding out. His ways. His ways. I said his ways. When we come to a place where the things God does in our lives and the things we see around, we just, we just believe that God is doing something. There are people who want to ask questions about everything they see in the church? I've not seen this sister for three weeks. Why is she? Foolish questions. When I ask a question, you, 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 must, you must respond foolish questions. I've not seen the singer for three weeks. Foolish question. Why are only brothers singing on the stage? Foolish question. Is there a need at all for dancing stars? Foolish question. And why are they dancing with songs that sometimes we, we hear even being, being played outside the church? 
Foolish question. But the church service should it always be three hours? Foolish question. Can't we come to church for just fifteen minutes and just worship God? Foolish question. Is it necessary to pray for a very long time? Foolish question. Why should you wake up at dawn to pray when God will hear you at twelve noon? Foolish question. His ways. When God is doing something, listen to me very carefully. I want to tell you, church member, when God is using a man he has anointed to do something, eh, don't be too interested in understanding what God is doing. Just receive it by faith. And believe that God is the one at work. And believe that his, his, his hand is upon his servants. The people who begin to question, like, like in the days of Moses, oh, I tell you, even, even his own sister Miriam and Aaron, when Moses went to marry somebody that the Bible, God's laws had said they should not marry, an Ethiopian woman, they took Moses on, thinking that they were on God's side. I want to repeat myself. They took Moses on that he had gone to marry a Nubian woman thinking that just because what Moses did was against the law of God, they were on God's side judging Moses. What God did to them, they were surprised. He said, who are you? Who are you? When I'm talking to you, I use visions and dreams. My, my servant Moses, I come and talk to him face to face. Be very careful of what you think is even a mistake a pastor is making. Be very careful. Be very careful. When he himself has come to read laws, that when you are marrying, marry from this village, marry from this town, marry from this place, and you, the man of God, who has come to say we should marry from this village, the very place you said we shouldn't marry from is why you are going to marry. And you, then you feel that you are mandated by God to be a police commissioner. What you don't know is that soon a case of leprosy is coming upon you. I said, a case of leprosy. The same, there were some leaders in the church then who could also preach, who could see visions, who were also anointed. They were called Datan. Abiram and Korah, they were, they, they were the chief guys in the system. If Moses preaches, they can also preach. If Moses sees visions, they can also see visions. And then they got up and said, why? Who are you? Why do you lift yourself? They, begin, they, they, they began to accuse Moses. They were standing there with their family. The ground opened. Be very careful as you are around. It's not everything you use your mouth to say. Even when it may be obviously wrong. The ground opened and swallowed them. Oh, I feel sad. When I see people who feel that they are agents of God. They are like God's prosecutors. God's prosecutors. They are the ones who prosecute people God they think is not happy with. Miriam was surprised. She couldn't believe it. That God still liked Moses in spite of the type of marriage he had contracted. And I want you to know, all these are in the basket called foolish questions. Foolish questions. 
concentrate on the things. One day I was in a meeting of pastors and a pastor asked some questions. Why? Uh, so he, said, he said, normally they will start by saying, oh, some people are saying that this is not good and they don't understand why this is done this way. And so uh, he, he wants to know whether he, uh, uh, it must be done in his church. And I asked him a question that the things we have been told to do, have you done them? The things we have been told, the seven things, the 14 things, the soul winning, how big is your church? What, I mean, what have you done about the things you have been instructed to do? Why do you want to bother yourself about things you have not even been told to do? But you see, he said, this is the voice of a, of a certain mind. It's a certain mind that is speaking. It's not just a voice. It's not just an inquiry. It's not just an inquiry. You can hear that the person already is cynical about something. Don't waste your time on foolish questions, my sister. Don't, 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 don't waste your time on people who spend their time and their energy just sitting in, in, in the church, both hearing and answering useless questions. Concentrate on the Bible. Read your Bible. It's not every question you should bother to answer. No, 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 no. Jesus did not bother to answer every question. In fact, there were times he, he had to be adjured. He had to be put on the oath to speak. He wouldn't mind them because, you see, the answer he's giving is not the answer that will change the person's heart or change the person's mind. His mind is made up already. His mind is made up already. It's not your answer. One day, some, 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 some brothers, some members of a church, one of our branches in, in, in a certain town, they, they began to question the pastor of the church, Lighthouse, our own UD church. They began to question the pastor of the church about the way he was spending money. They said he was used, misusing money and all, like, why, why should they do this? Couldn't they have done this and so on? And the things they were saying obviously were totally false were totally untrue. So one day, the pastor of the church, he took all the church's documents, the accounting documents, the ledgers, uh, paying slips, invoices, expenditures, everything, a fat folder, one evening, and went to the leader, the leader of the prosecutors, church members. He knocked on his door. said, hey, Rev, what are you doing here? What's happening? Oh, I came to just have a chat with you. Oh, come in. Sit down. What, what, what is going on? So, oh, you know, of late, I've been hearing people commenting and saying very negative things about how we are using money in the church and um, um, how, how, how money is used in the church. And I came to explain things to you that it's not as you are seeing. It's not as you are thinking. So, so he opened the file and showed him expenses, what they were using money for, just showing him page after page, the accounts for the previous month, accounts for the previous year, and, and, and I mean, trying to, ex- to help the person to understand. Can you believe it? As he was pouring over the document, the pastor himself, trying to explain to this chief prosecutor in the church, when he lifted up his head to look at the man, he was asleep. He was sleeping. I'm not telling you a dream. 
he, he was sleeping. Why? Because he was not really interested in the details of what was whether it was true or not. You see, when somebody is criticizing, it's not about the truth or the falsehood of it, but it, it, it's, a, it's a spirit. It's a demon which has entered the person and nothing you will say will sway the person to the left or to the right. Be very careful. Don't waste your time trying to explain why the, why the pastor drives a taxi, why the pastor drives a white car, why a brother sings always, why the choir is live, why do we use the, why does the church use the, most of the time the people are just not interested. It's an evil spirit of backsliding. They are not spiritual. And you sit down with them and talk and talk. Before you know it, you have actually entered an argument. You have actually entered an argument. The next symptom you must see in yourself and must also see in people is when the person has no spiritual ambition. Having no spiritual ambition. Having no spiritual ambition. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Philippians 3, 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Very important. Forgetting those things which are behind. The good, the bad, the exciting, the great time. Forget them. And reach forth. Reach forth. Reaching forth unto those things which are before. Verse 14. Next verse. I press. In spite of the past. In spite of the past problems, in spite of the past achievements, in spite of the past problems and and all the difficulties, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I press. Sometimes, my dear friends, a time comes in our walk with God where we must forget the good, the bad, the ugly and press ahead. Watch out for people in the church who don't have anything before them. They are just around. You find pastors in this condition, reverends in this condition, shepherds in this condition, other members in this condition, that the person must have done great things before. But right now, the person has nothing before him. And they are around criticizing, asking questions, talking about anything they see with their eyes. Watch out for people who don't have any ambition. And I'm speaking to you yourself. If any day comes, as you are watching now, in this service, as you are watching me, if you don't have any ambition now, you are backsliding. You are a candidate for, 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 for backsliding. Any ambition to pray more, to read the Bible more, to have a bigger center, to start doing outreaches, any spiritual ambition. That, that, look, anybody who doesn't have that aim, 
it's about to fall away. We are kept in God. We are anchored in God by the mark ahead of us. That's what keeps us going. Everyone, turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. Thank you, Jesus. Before, before we go to Philippians, let me just show you this. Hebrews 12. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed, verse 1, sorry, we are so compassed by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us watch it. I think I should take my time and read it. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which that so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Somebody is being blessed already. Verse number 2. Watch it. I'm going to teach you something. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Watch it. Something is about to explode. There's an explosion about to happen. Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. It is the writer of Hebrews who gives us an insight into what kept Jesus Christ on the cross. You may think he was kept on the cross by nails. I think I've told you about the Chinese movie I watched where Jesus came down to, to beat people. Yes. People came to just, you know, taunt him, mock him. And he, he asked them, am I the one you are mocking? They said, yes. If you are really the son of God, come down and let's see. He said, I don't like what you are doing. Everybody was Chinese. Mary was Chinese. Peter was Chinese. Pontius Pilate was Chinese. Roman soldiers from Rome were Chinese Romans. Chinese, Chinese Romans. And Jesus himself was Chinese. He came down. He told them, I don't like what you are doing. They, they continued. Jesus descended from the cross with karate. Jesus, oh, Jesus Christ, fighting karate. He beat the people and he was arrested again and put on the cross. My dear friend, let's ask ourselves the question. What was it that kept Jesus on the cross? Our Jesus, not the Chinese Jesus who came down. Because our Jesus couldn't come down. Even if he had wanted to come down, he couldn't come down. Now, what was it that kept him on the cross? Was it the nails in his hand? Was it the nails in his feet? What was it that kept Jesus on the cross? The Bible says what kept Jesus on the cross was 
a joy that was set before him. So apparently, as he was hanging on the cross, he was not seeing Roman soldiers. He was not seeing a crowd laughing at him. He was seeing glory. He was seeing heaven. He was seeing the Father. He was seeing the throne. Something better than what was going on was before him. I'm preaching, baby. When you are going through a problem, what keeps you is not what is going on or what has gone on, but what is before you. Oh, I can tell you for a fact. Times when I was sick, but I was preaching. That if I wasn't preaching, I would have had time to go on admission. I would have had time to go on admission. Some of you have time for certain problems. And they are real problems. I'm not belittling them. I am not belittling them. Problem of rent. Your child going to school. Your pregnancy. The labor. Problem of your cousin on drugs. Problem of the, of the, uh, sometimes when you even read the newspapers, yesterday for instance, I was, I was, I was in town in a car and I was just listening to the, to, to the news and they were talking about some money by some, uh, a certain ministry, I mean, uh, governmental ministry had chopped some millions of cities. As I sat in the car, I wanted to get down and go to the nearest police station to ask the policeman to go and arrest the minister. Oh yeah. As you sit there and, and you hear stories of corruption, eating, I mean, eating of money, millions of money. You want to become an advocate for, 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 for probity and accountability. And most of, the, most of such people, when they go with, a, with, 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 with an ambition to fight it, they rather go and join it. We are, we are, we are, we are here. At least I'm, I'm over 50 years old. I've seen it all. I'm preaching him. I'm preaching to you. I've seen it all. People who stood. And I, I, it's like they hated evil. They hated corruption. And they were going to become ambassadors of poverty. Ambassadors of whatever. Before you know it, they themselves, their, 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 their cheeks were fat. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you that. If you have no proper vision in front of you, you are going to have time for useless things. Things which will never change. Never. Unless you don't understand what a curse is. Never change. Never change. But when you don't have a spiritual ambition. But you should ask me yesterday. Did I get down? I didn't get down. I was going to preach somewhere. <laughs> yeah. When you have important things to do, eh, you don't waste your time. Even, 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 you see, when... When you are following God, God himself will show you things you must never waste your time on because they will never change. They will never change. Certain marital problems will never change. Certain behaviors in your wife will never change. Certain problems in your husband, Kai, will never change. The way your son is, he's just like his grandfather. He's just like his grandfather. You can take him to a new school. You can send a counselor. But ladies and gentlemen, the problem will be the same. One of the ways we learn to live with certain things which never change is that we have something ahead of us. It's called joy. 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 The joy of a growing church. The joy of ministering with the power of God. 
the joy of seeing a soul saved. The joy of seeing a whole town bowing their knees to God. You think you don't have problems? You must be out of your mind. You must be a child. To see me as a pastor who has finished solving his family problems and has time to preach. That you don't know. We have issues. As I'm standing here, there's a cross I'm hanging on. But an ambition to reach you with the word of God. That Wednesday evening is coming. Whether I have pain in my thigh, pain in my waist, pain in my head, pain in my heart. Because I have got over 1,000 people waiting to listen to me to preach to them. Because of that joy set before me. I preach as if I have no problems. I want to talk to you today. Believe God and have something better than political ambitions. The Bible says in John, look at it. John chapter 1. Oh, I'm preaching this evening. Not John 1, Acts chapter 1. Verse 6. A little time Jesus had on his last days, just before he left. Just before he left. Acts 1, verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Remember that at this time in Acts chapter 1, Israel was under Roman domination. The Romans had come to take over Israel. They were like a colonial power. Like how Ghana also, there was a time England was a power over us. So the whole of Israel, the Jews were under Romans. And all of them were believing God for someone to come and liberate them. Someone to come and and just set them free. So that the nation of Israel will be under Israeli leadership. So when Jesus was about to leave, remember, he had done ministry with them for three and a half years. All that time, they were wondering, if this is the Messiah, then the Messiah shall come to free us from this foreign domination. So on the last day, the last days of Christ, they asked that Christ, Jesus Christ, you know something, we've been looking at you for a while. We've been wondering, because we know you are the Messiah. And we know when the Messiah comes, we shall be free from foreign domination. Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom again to Israel? Are you going to help us to overcome Roman domination? Look at the answer Jesus gave them in verse 7. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times, not the seasons, which the Father had put in his power. Verse 8, watch it, verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Jesus was saying that which political party is in power, whether it is Israeli party, Roman party, Greek party, it's not for you. It's not not in your power. You need to know things which are not in your power. 
There are some things in your, in your house, in your children, in your marriage, in your business, in the country. You can never change it unless you want to join the bandwagon. But ladies and gentlemen, there is a better vision for your life. I'm talking about an ambition. It's about for you. You. Your aim should not be to see a change in government. But you should receive power to become evangelists, to become soul winners. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you today that God in the midst of the difficulties of your life, whether it's academic, whether it's emotional, whether it's family, whether it's national, God can give you a specific spiritual vision. And when you have people who don't have any spiritual ambition, they are in the church. The growth of the church doesn't concern them. The choir singing well doesn't concern them. The, 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 the pastor's life to even intercede for the pastor is not, it's not their concern. It's like nothing in the church does, nothing concerns them. You are looking at a person who will backslide. It's just a matter of time. It's not an if, it is a when. When he's going to backslide. When you have Christians who don't have any ambition that I've been an ordinary Christian for a long time. I should be preaching by now. By this time, I should also be a soul winner. By this time, I should be part of a basenta. By this time, I should be part of a center. By this time, I should be helping my pastor with his work. By this time, I, with my musical background, I should be involved in the choir and helping them to do well. Nothing like that is on the person's mind. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12, it said, for when, for the time, you ought to be teachers. That's the ambition I'm talking about. You have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. Look, let me tell you something. Anybody listening to me, eh, who doesn't have an aim, an aim, that is spiritual, in front of you, I want to be a pastor. I want to be a shepherd. I want to be a teacher. I want my group, that is five now, to become 16 by next year. I want my church, that is 100 now, to become 300 by next year. I want to work in the prophetic anointing. I want to see dreams and visions. I want my prayer life to go higher and higher. Anybody listening to me, as you are listening now, if you don't have a spiritual ambition, I'm telling you that you are going to fall off. You are going to fall off. You are going to fall off. He said, there is a time. When you have been around for a long time, there is a time you ought to be a teacher. The disciples were asking, are you leaving us with the Romans still in power? Are you leaving us without any change of government? And Jesus said, it's not for you to know. There are some things that are not for you. There are some things in your wife they are not for you to change. If, the, if your wife has spent 36 years with her mother and her father, and they couldn't change her. You are you have been with her for six months. You want to change the way she doesn't bath. You want to change her cooking skills. Your husband has been before he met you. He was snoring louder than this. 
He will, he, he will snore and saliva will come from the right side. Normally it's the right side of the cheek. You, you have just been married two months. You are disturbed by his snoring. Then, 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 then you chose the wrong, the wrong thing to worry about. But blessed are those whose husbands are snoring, but they have got sheep in their mind. They've got things to pray about. They've got a heavenly vision. Even that vision itself will numb you to the things that call for. That's what the Bible talks about. Chokers. Chokers. Ordinary things are capable of cutting off people spiritually. A woman being pregnant can, 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 can drown her spirituality. A brother having to pass his exams can become unspiritual suddenly. The normal pursuits of life are able to bring us to a place of barrenness. But there are some people... Because of the fire ahead of them. Because of the vision ahead of them. I pray for you tonight that God will give you something to look forward to. Something joyful. Something more, more exciting than a change in political power. That who is chopping money. And look, money chopping is not today. It's not today. Before independence. Before independence. Many have tried. May God help you. There is this prayer. I forget who wrote that prayer. It said, Lord, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. And the courage, the courage to change the things I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. I'll take it again. Lord, grant me the serenity, the calmness of spirit to accept the things I cannot change. The things in my son I can't change. Hey, you try it, you are going to destroy that boy. Yeah, there are some things you have to accept. Charlie, that's it. I better find something more exciting than this problem I'm looking for. Once I am in the will of God, I better find something that, that will help me to, even to take my mind off these things. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. And the courage to change the things I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. The difference between the things I can change and the things I cannot change. Many have spent their time trying to change things they can't change. Many have spent their time accepting things they should have changed. Some of the things you should, you should change is your own spirituality. That one can change. I said that one can change. Your own spirituality can change. Receive the wisdom to know. To know. To know. <laughs> hmm. There are some things I want to say, but they are just political and useless. May God give you a vision. A vision to be a teacher. Yes. You see how I'm preaching? My prayer is that one day, you preach far better than this watery preaching I'm preaching here. I'm praying that one day, when it's your time to preach, there will be 10,000 people listening to you all over the world. I pray that one of these days, you are going to rise up as a, as a, as a great teacher and a pastor and an expositor of the word of God. Receive that grace. Look, we all go to school. We all marry. 
We all have children. We all have problems. We all go to town. We all buy from the same market. I, I'm telling you something that today, eh, believe God to give you a vision for your life. Believe God to give you a vision. Believe God that he will give you something that is more, more powerful. And I'm, not, I'm very happy with Christ. He silenced them. Acts 1-7. So it's, it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own power. May you know the things which are in the Father's power and pray to the Father that he will use his power to change. Not everything is in your power. I'll take it again. Not everything is in your power. Not every, even physical ailment is in your power. We will pray, we will take communion, we will believe God, we will fast, but there are some things, it's only in the power of God. Receive wisdom to know that things which are only in the power of God. But you, verse 8, you, receive power. And go about preaching the gospel. Go about. That one is in your power. To talk to somebody about Christ is in your power. But to change how your wife walks these days, it's not in your power. It's not in your power. To change what type of friends she has, it's not in your power. There are a lot of things we waste our time. I repeat that prayer again. Lord, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Stand to your feet and let's close. Stand to your feet and let's close. We'll continue next week. Lift your two hands and just pray. Lift your hands. Lift your hands and pray. Lift your hands and pray. Masuta Baba. Labra Baba. Pray, pray, pray for sensitivity. Ya kadalaba ya bali ba ya ndaraba ya bali mashandalaba ramama landele basa kebaloma mazanda lema zema yama yama lababa rema zima maya lama mama mama ike balia zima zama mayande pray 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 for yourself for sensitivity 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 to know the things you can sensitivity Lift your hands and pray for sensitivity to symptoms of backsliding. Sensitivity to know the things that can easily set you back. Like I've I've talked about tonight. Even people who ask useless questions, cut them off and focus on something better. Sensitivity. When you yourself, as you are there, you look, you, 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 you examine yourself and there's no spiritual vision. Ah, it's like now you just go to church and come back. There's no spiritual vision. Prayer vision, Bible vision, Bible study vision, soul winning vision, ministry vision, nothing. You are just a church goer and a church lever. No. Lift your two hands if you can. If you're not too big, please lift your two hands and let's pray right now for sensitivity to pick symptoms. 
sensitivity to big symptoms symptoms of backsliding Yes, I want to pray on the two things I've taught tonight. Foolish questions and lack of ambition. Let's pray about these things. That always, like what Christ told the disciples in Acts 1.8, Lord, help me yeah, that, that the power I receive, I will use it to save you. I will use it to change lives. I will use it to turn people's lives around. Help me, Lord, that, 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 that I will have a spiritual ambition that no matter the cross I am on, I will bear that cross because there is something nicer and glorious I am looking at and not the nails in my hand. Lord, deliver me from, a, from ever living a life where I will concentrate on the nails in my hand because there is nothing ahead of me. Give me a vision. Give me a target. Give me something to press forward to. Begin to pray right now. An ambition. A spiritual ambition. Father, we thank you for the beautiful time in your in your presence tonight. Thank you for what we've heard. Yes, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you will now reign on it and cause the seed to grow. To grow. We've just received a seed. It's just but a seed. It's just a seed. We ask for your rain. Let the rain fall. Let the, rain. Let the seeds we have received today become a huge tree one day with fruits coming fruits. from it. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus Amen. for the blessedness of the growth of these seeds. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. And now every head bowed and every eye closed. If you are in the service, you are not born again. I want to pray for you right now. I want to say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and as my personal Savior. I want to pray for you right now. I want to lead you in a simple prayer that will transform your life. Wherever you are, if you can bow your heads and you can just lift your two hands and repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I thank you for today. I thank you for today. I thank you for your word I've received. I thank you for your word that I've received. I realize. I realize. I am far from you. I am far from you. Oh God. Oh God. Today. Today. I ask you. I ask you. To grant me. To grant me. The privilege. The privilege. To come close to you. To come close to you. To be washed. To be washed. By the blood. By the blood. That flows from the cross. That flows from the cross. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. Save me from my Save sins. Save me from my sins. Wash my sins away. Wash my sins away. Make me clean. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me pure. Make me new. Make me new. Before you. Before you. As your child. As your child. And in your presence. And in your presence. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. For this beautiful time. 
time. For this beautiful time. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Clap your hands for Jesus. What a beautiful evening. What a beautiful evening. Oh, keep clapping, keep clapping. What a beautiful word on backsliding. Father, we thank you for speaking to us tonight. We know we will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen.